Hello, Nephew community, and welcome to today's edition of Voices from the Community. My name is Dr. Sachin Hazarnes, and I'm a medical science liaison with Otsuka Pharmaceutical Development and Commercialization. On behalf of the entire Nephew community, I would like to welcome Ms. Gisela Delgado to today's program. Gisela is actively involved with the IGN Nephropathy Foundation, and today we'll be discussing with her the challenges faced by the LGBTQ plus community as they navigate through kidney disease. Hello, Gisela. Hope you're having a great day and welcome uh, to the program. I would like to start a conversation by asking if you can give a brief background about yourself as well as your kidney disease. Hi, my name is uh, Gisela, and thank you so much for having me on this podcast. Um, I was diagnosed with IJ nephropathy at the age of 14, and it did ultimately lead to my kidney failure um, at the age of 38. Um, IJ nephropathy is a autoimmune chronic kidney disease. It's a very slow progressing disease. Um, with symptoms such as uh, loss of protein and and, uh, and blood in the urine. So, uh, Gisela, would you also um, like to comment a little bit uh, about uh, being a member of the LGBTQ plus community? Are there any challenges or discrimination that you face during your kidney health journey? Yeah, I think, um, you know, one, it's just like being a member of this community is, is again, just one sort of part of my 360 experience, the same as, uh, you know, I also have IG nephropathy. I'm also a woman. I'm also a Latina. Um, and I think uh, sometimes, uh, you know, even when you, you feel like it's being overt, like uh, I can give two very specific examples that I think of something that would not have happened to a um, a straight heterosexual couple. Um, one specific example is being rushed into the ER uh, during a sort of flare up with IJ nephropathy, and uh, you know I was I was with my wife at the time. You know, we were legally married, and this is uh, only maybe ten years ago. Um, I think it was in our first year of marriage, and I was going in and I said, yes, my wife is with me. Um, can she come in the back with me? And the receptionist asked, are you legally married? I don't think um, anyone would ask a man and a woman if a woman said, this is my husband, would ever ask them if they were legally married. That's kind of like uh, sort of jarring in that moment. Um, and especially when you're in a place where you just need to get care. I also don't see how that was relevant to, to me needing care. I was just asking if uh, you know my partner could be in the back with me. Um, so that's kind of like disheartening and, and it just makes you being seen as though like when I say I'm married, it's not equal to when someone else says it from the heterosexual community. Um, another time I think is when, um, you know, being, and this has happened several times, you know, being in a hospital setting or, you know, with certain um, healthcare providers, um, very clearly making that distinction that my wife is in the waiting room. Um, or sometimes I'll say partner, not very often. I'm, I'm pretty proud that she's my wife. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we, we did have to wait for that to actually happen and be legal. So I, I often introduce her as my wife. And, um, you know, saying that and then the person who's just like, oh, your wife is in the lobby. And then they come back and they're like, um, I told your friend 
that you're ready. And I'm like, oh, I, I just made a very clear statement. Um, and it doesn't, it's not like, I know people have been through much worse and I don't, I mean, these are like sort of trivial, but it's just one of those things like, um, these small little things really matter to you. And especially again, when you're in a situation where you're just seeking uh, some sort of healthcare treatment and it's like just the basic sort of courtesy or respect to see me as not not as what you're assuming, but literally I'm telling you this is who I am. Right. Um, and you choose to sort of ignore it. And I think um, maybe that's someone's own personal, like uncomfortable situation with it, but it really does, it makes you feel different about the care you're getting in a place when you feel like you're not being seen for who you are. No, I think that's a, that's a really powerful experience that you have had. And um, having been through that experience, what what do you think or what steps do you think that uh, healthcare providers should should take to make sure um, LGBTQ plus patients are provided with good compassionate care? And uh, also what can they do to minimize or even prevent negative experiences that you just mentioned? Yeah, and, and again, like I know, I know that people have faced like uh, larger discriminations. And again, you know, I live in major. You know, this is my experiences were both in New York and New Jersey. We're not, you know, not like some other states, but you would expect this to happen. So I can't imagine what might be happening happening elsewhere. Um, I think it's really important for um, you know uh, healthcare providers and facilities to. Uh, you know, we talk about like, the, I know in the corporate workplace, there's been a lot of like unconscious bias training. I think it's really important to um, educate and, and kind of like, you know, look at your staff. And I think you need people also that identify within the community in some aspects of the, the environment that you're working in. And if not, then you need to be getting that training also. You can't make it the responsibility of like the one gay employee to tell you everything that you should be doing right or wrong. I think uh, nowadays it is more commonly acceptable to ask someone, you know, do you have preferred pronouns? The same way yes. you would say, um, hello, how are you? My name, you know what I mean? Um, and, and I know yes. I've seen, I'm Definitely. seeing it more and more yes. on, on paperwork, like uh, preferred pronouns. Also, do you have another name that you prefer to be called? And it's just little things that uh, it kind of makes it easier Some for some people. I know if, if it's... Um, if it's asked rather than you having to be the one to reveal. And, and again, like when you, when you're in that, this sort of healthcare setting, you're typically there because of some sort of vulnerability that you're, you're facing. Um, you're pretty vulnerable when you go to the doctor's office. So I think any, any way the facility or the healthcare provider to make it, make the patient feel overtly welcome or, um, yes. mm -hmm. you know, you sort of kickstart the conversation, like, you know, um, but never assume, <laughs> like I wouldn't like, I think that's another thing too. I wouldn't, you know, if someone uh, was dressed a certain way and what you might perceive as like, oh, this person is definitely gay. I would never be like, oh, you're a member of the community. Like, don't do that. But I think <laughs> make it make it so that it's very um, open and that, you know, you accept patients from wherever. I don't know, like however you can just, and also, also I think sometimes just a little conversation, oh, what do you do? What do you do for a living? what's your life like, sometimes you can pick up on cues and, and gear the conversation towards that instead of it being very transactional. 
I I agree, and I think these are really great points that you bring forth. Um, and I think uh, this is more of an individual level that we kind of spoke about. Um, but if we really look at the greater or the, at an administrative level, um, the new administration recently reinstated LGBTQ plus protections against healthcare discrimination. And um, if you have any personal stories uh, to share about it, that would be great. But even if you don't, uh, what what do you think? Uh, how is this um, this change going to affect the greater LGBTQ plus community and and protect their healthcare? Uh, do you have any personal views on on this issue? Yeah, I mean, um, I again, you know, recognize my privilege and, and sort of like I was not sort of on the edge of my seat personally um, dependent on these laws to pass, but um, I have a lot of friends who were, who were very, you know, uh, sort of kind of left out hanging after uh, the last administration. Mm-hmm. And what I would say is that it's kind of, um, I crack jokes about it, but it's, you know, it's very personal. Uh, when you when you identify yourself as, you know, LGBTQA or, you know, it's it's personal. It's not, it's not something that should dictate whether or not you get basic rights that, quote unquote, anyone else who doesn't choose to identify doesn't get. And to me, it doesn't make a lot of sense that it's like you're encouraged to come out and live your true authentic self. But then by doing that, um, you make yourself even more vulnerable. And especially if you're also um, a member of the you know queer community that has any underlying medical condition. And you just want to be treated for the medical condition. You don't want to have to also validate or worry about whether or not you're covered um, it's just one extra stress that makes no sense to me. Um, and it is concerning that I'm very grateful that, you know, to everyone that the the laws, you know, were reinstated. But it's kind of like in limbo. You're just waiting for whoever is in court to kind of decide what sort of treatment you can get. And I just yes. think there's much b- bigger issues in the world um, and in this country than trying to figure out who's entitled to health care or not and protection. Absolutely, absolutely. I completely and wholeheartedly agree with you. And um, I guess the the next question or the bigger thing is on a community level, you know, you have been through all these experiences. Um, uh, What are you personally doing um, to create awareness on this on this topic? We'd really love to hear a little bit on that as well. Yeah, I think I think it's important anytime. um, And I've been fortunate you know, I, I do a lot of work with the foundation and I do a lot of work um, with some, some other organizations that if you have a platform, no matter how small you think it is, um, if you have a story worth telling, like you should share it. And um, almost every year, you know, for Pride, I, I typically share my story of, um, you know, again, only 10 years ago, um, I make 10 years married this July, but we were legally married in the state of New York. Um, and then a year later, my my wife lost her job and we had insurance through her job. Um, and then I couldn't put her on my health insurance because the Marriage Equality Act had not passed. Okay. And um, it really, it's it really kind of crazy, you know, again, like where I live and what have you. But because of um, that, I'm going to pass. She was not able to get coverage. And I think people think of uh, sort of equality rights as like 
minutia right now. Like it's not real, like it's not impacting everyday people. But this is just something that happened, uh, you know, to me, I remember it like yesterday, being denied um, healthcare because it didn't count as a, um, a life act because they didn't recognize my marriage to begin with. And that's, you know, that's only 10 years ago. And we're not talking about something that happened 50, 60 years ago. I think people don't exactly. realize that, um, you know, there's parades and there's, uh, you know, a celebration of pride, but it's not really for all just yet. It's kind of like what what's acceptable. And I think it's really important to share your stories of what you've been through so that people realize like it's still very real. Um, and, and just like having like a rare disease, you know, people could look at you and they might say something that's offensive to the community. They might say something that in, it's kind of like the more you can sort of educate people by sharing your own experiences. I think it really helps, you know, like, again, you look at me, you're like, Oh, she's perfectly healthy. Oh, quote unquote, I've been told I don't look gay. I don't know what that look is. Um, maybe I need it more sometimes, but it's kind of like, <laughs> It's one of those things like you would never say that to a straight person. And yeah. Um, yeah, I just think it's really important to kind of just put that out there so that people uh, accept it as more normal. Not everything within the community is uh, really loud rainbows, people screaming. They're like, you know, everyday dress, like that's not how people walk around. Some people might, but it's, um, it's really important to just open your eyes. And I think the more you share, you you can't blame people for what they don't know. But every time you educate someone, hopefully they'll educate somebody else. Completely agree with you. And I think those are some really great thoughts that you, that you put forth right now. And um, I would just like to end this by asking you a question. What, what does pride mean to you and your family in 2021? I mean, I mean, for 2021, honestly, like, I can't believe, again, like, uh, getting married. <laughs> and I've been legally married for 10 years. I can't believe that has happened. And um, that's going to happen next month. I think it's also, um, I, I'm i loving seeing sort of, like, more adolescents being accepted for who they are. I mean, there's still a lot of work to be done. But um, I think social media has helped a lot in certain places. And I think, um, you know, you have to remember Pride started off as a riot. Right. You know? it, it <laughs> literally. Yes. And so I think, I think it's a good reminder when there's a lot of civil unrest still happening in the country. Like, there's always going to be more work to do. Like, one act does not make everything go away. There's always going to be more work to do. And Pride sort of reminds me, like, things can get better but it's never going to be done absolutely and uh, thank you again uh, Gisela for this wonderful conversation and really highlighting and bringing forth the healthcare issues faced by the um, LGBTQ plus community but I think more importantly for sharing your incredible story with everyone thank you again everyone